Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox. Welcome to With Friends Like These, Good Intentions Edition. You, a listener to this podcast and a savvy consumer of political news, probably know all about, or at least a little about, QAnon. Kicked off by what might have been an image board cosplay game and set alight by a weird rhetorical aside by Trump in 2017, QAnon is a racist, violent, and anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that first merged into mainstream news coverage in 2018 when a Q sign appeared at a Trump rally. The stories that followed had, well, they had a theme. What exactly is QAnon? I'm so sorry you asked. Get ready for some deep weirdness. What is QAnon, many ask? Well, sit back and get ready for a wild ride. Didn't because I think he wants to put everything out there so you can judge for yourself. Uh, I've heard it before. But you've heard it with all due respect, man. Hearing it is not meaning it's true. I just believe whatever's wrong, he's going to fix right. Donald Trump. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I want to foreground the fact that I, too participated in coverage of QAnon that was at least partially based in a kind of wonder and astonishment, a point-and-laugh, retweet-with-no-comment kind of coverage. I am now fairly certain that that was a mistake. I had a conversation a couple of years ago with friend of the pod Whitney Phillips. Whitney wrote a brilliant white paper called The Oxygen of Amplification. It was primarily about how the mostly white, mostly male makeup of mainstream journalism created coverage of stuff like the alt-right that stopped short of critiquing it. Not because the journalists themselves were racist, but because they weren't engaging with just how harmful the ideas were. They assumed audiences would see the alt-right as they did. Wrong, racist, and on its face, kind of ridiculous. They assumed implicitly mocking racists would be enough to disarm them. But racism can survive ridicule. All it really needs to grow is exposure. And by merely treating the alt-right with a cocked eyebrow rather than outright scorn, mainstream journalism contributed to its rise. As Whitney put it, funny is how we got here. But I will cut us a little slack. Because conspiracy theories such as QAnon are narrative catnip. The human brain is drawn to stories that are sensational, taboo-breaking, mysterious, and explanatory. Which is why, no matter how outlandish and unlikely QAnon claims seem, it actually sounds a lot like other, older conspiracy theories. Specifically, the allegations about pedophilia, general sexual deviancy, and blood drinking present in QAnon have been lodged against all kinds of political outgroups. Romans accused their Christian minority of all of those things. Christians went on to make those kinds of accusations against Jews. And they were themes in 17th century witch trials. We're all basically existing inside an experiment designed to incubate conspiracy theories. When things happen, especially big things, we need to have an explanation for that. Uh, And usually the bigger the event or the more unlikely, unexpected or catastrophic, the the more our need to be able to explain it and to attribute meaning and agency behind it. That's our new friend, John Cook. I'm John Cook. I'm a research assistant professor at the Centre for Climate Change Communication at George Mason University. 
And I'm also the co-author of The Conspiracy Theory Handbook. And you know the current situation. QAnon has become a political force, both as an ideological nexus and a belief system acted out in the real world. On the one hand, several QAnon adherents are poised to join Congress as Republican representatives. To the latter point, QAnon has been a thread in several domestic terrorism plots. QAnon is part of the toxic mix of anti-government sentiment, white supremacy, and institutional decline that's put us in a position where it is reasonable to be concerned that our country is devolving into something very much resembling a civil war. That we were pointing and laughing, that I was pointing and laughing at QAnon not so long ago, well, that feels quaint at best, enormously complicit at worst. So here's my question. Could we, the media, have done anything to stop this? Now, there's a complicated history to how we got here, which includes centuries of racism and sexism and predatory capitalism. So I'll be a little more specific. Could we, the media, have done anything to retard the growth of QAnon? If you uh, give those give them too much attention when they're not currently getting attention, there is that danger that you just raise people's awareness of them, and then they can they can spread uh, and and become more mainstream. Time to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. With friends like these is proud to be sponsored by Fake Venation. Want a weekly news podcast that keeps you informed but doesn't leave you in shambles whispering, what's the point? Subscribe to Fake the Nation, an Earwolf podcast hosted by comedian Nagreen Farsad. Every Thursday, Nagreen invites her favorite comedians, writers, and policy buffs to dish on the news of the week. You'll learn about the ever-evolving chaos in the White House, reopening the economy, and hard-to-understand topics like, um, what did Trump say now? Recent guests include John Hodgman, Judy Gold, and Baratunde Thurston. The conversations are loose-lipped, insightful, and smart. That's right, you keep up with current events while still laughing through the pain. Find Fake the Nation on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. New episodes drop every Thursday. With Friends Like These is sponsored by Magic Spoon. You know, Halloween is kind of tough as a grown-up person, or me, I should say, because I love sweet things. And, you know, around Halloween, like, there's all this candy. It's everywhere. But I just can't do sugar like I used to. It's bad for me. It keeps me up, all those things. But I want to indulge. Fortunately, I have Magic Spoon cereal, which is like the sugary cereals of your childhood without all the sugar. Zero grams of sugar, in fact. 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. There are four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. It's not Halloween candy, but it's it's, it's like candy. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I am a fan of the chocolate. I have said before, my husband is an omnivore of the Magic Spoon stuff. He likes all of the flavors, which means he gets to pick on all of them, and I get to have the cocoa basically to myself. 
Go to magicspoon.com WFLT to grab a variety pack for yourself and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code WFLT at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no question asked. Can't do that with the people you got the mounds bars from, can you? That's magicspoon.com slash WFLT and use the code WFLT for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Hydrant. Water... Water is important. Water is very important. I recently had an injury, as I've alluded to in the past, and one of the things my doctor told me is stay hydrated. Who knew that hydrating was important for making sure your muscles heal? But it is. And for me, it's just hard to remember to drink water because I, I, don't, I don't like water. I like things to taste, which is why I love hydrant. But Hydrant is about more than just making water taste like something. Hydrant has created a refreshing electrolyte powder that you mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It hydrates you quickly and keeps you going for longer. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and it packs a punch to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by an Oxford scientist. It's made with real fruit juice powder. It's delicious and refreshing. Comes in a variety of flavors, including, there's a theme here, keto-friendly lemonade and pink grapefruit with no added sugar and less than two grams of carbs. I like the lemonade. I like the pink grapefruit. I have said before, I like the blood orange as well. It actually tastes like blood orange, not like fake orange. Hydrant also has a new immunity line available in either lemon ginger or hot apple cider. Those have over 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C plus B12, B6, and D, essential vitamins, minerals, and electrolytes with ginger and zinc. Strengthen your routine no matter the season. It's total immune support. Plus, it's backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. You need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes incredible, and you shall see that it works. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. Save even more with a monthly subscription. And we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 25% off your first order. Go to drinkhydrant.com slash friends and use promo code friends at checkout. That's drinkhydrant, D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash friends and enter promo code friends to receive 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash friends, promo code friends, 25% off. Hydrant, where water meets wellness. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Back to the conversation. At Trump rallies nationwide, the Q pops up in a sea of campaign signs. It stands for QAnon and a long list of false, outlandish, and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that big-name Democrats, celebrities, and the mega-rich are child-trafficking pedophiles who kill children and drink their blood in a satanic ritual. Well, I don't know much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much, uh, which I appreciate. The crux of the theory is this belief that you are secretly saving the world from this satanic cult of pedophiles and cannibals. Does that sound like something you are behind? Or well, I haven't, I haven't heard that, but 
Is that supposed to be a bad thing or a good thing? Uh, Those clips point out an obvious problem. Traditional journalism most definitely does not have a way of covering conspiracy theories that won't contribute to their growth. In every one of those clips, the reporter is trying very hard to make sure the audience knows that QAnon is far removed from reality, but in every case, the structure of the coverage creates the necessity of explaining what QAnon is and leaves a placeholder for someone to deny it. If you've listened to the last season of the show about changing people's beliefs, you already know that giving people evidence that their belief is wrong is almost destined to fail. And conspiracy theories are especially robust in the face of debunking. One of the reasons why conspiracy theorists are so hard to counter is because conspiracy theorists are immune to evidence. Their theories, their belief systems are like a self-sealed bubble. And any evidence that you can provide to them that disproves the conspiracy theory, they incorporate that into the conspiracy. Because Trump lies all the fucking time, mainstream outlets have been trying to figure out how to deal with misinformation for, you know, the last five years. John Cook, who started out covering lies about climate change, might argue they should have been thinking about it for, I don't know, past couple decades. But about the best they've come up with in five years is something called a truth sandwich, or sometimes facts first, in which the outlet kind of bubble wraps the lie, warns you it's dangerous, explains to you where the lie came from, and still serves you the lie. Why? Because reasons? A shit sandwich on artisan bread is still a shit sandwich. But I get the impulse. The truth is the best defense, yada, yada, yada. The truth should matter. But most mainstream outlets have adopted the truth sandwich approach, and our national disinformation problem hasn't gotten any better. If anything, it's gotten worse. So John Cook says that's because we're going about this all wrong. We shouldn't be arguing about the facts or trusting that facts are enough to prevent the spread of disinformation. What we should be doing is getting that shit sandwich off the plate entirely and instead offering a set of immunity-building recipes, explaining the motives and techniques behind misinformation, giving people the tools to spot and reject disinformation themselves rather than repackaging the disinformation itself. So explaining the source of misinformation or... or, um where that misinformation came from or the motives of the people or or other driving forces like what you're describing, that's an effective form of source-based inoculation. The other approach I was talking about is logic-based, which is explaining the rhetorical techniques or the, the traits of conspiratorial thinking. Um, both those approaches can, can be used in a general way to, um, to, uh, to I guess, uh, just give people the critical thinking or the media literacy skills or just the ability to, to see those red flags of misleading conspiracy theories and, and be put on alert. So what does that actually look like? I've been, like, I've been experimenting with different ways of doing it, and I find a really powerful way to explain a technique of denial is use analogies, um, or in the critical thinking philosophers call it, parallel argumentation take bad logic in a or or denial technique or conspiracy um, trait 
and transplant it into an analogous situation, the more absurd and extreme, the more obvious the flaw becomes. And what that does is it takes what can sometimes be kind of abstract logic and make it more concrete. An example would be uh, with COVID-19, early in the pandemic, just as the curve was starting to flatten in the US, um, some people started arguing, well, we've flattened the curve, we can reopen now. And the analogy I used was that's like um, pulling your parachute open and then saying, well, my fall has slowed down, now I can take my parachute off. It's taking the same logic and transplanting it into an absurd situation to make it really obvious and clear to people where the flaw in the misinformation is. You can also kind of invert that side-eye technique I started out with and try to point out that buying into a conspiracy theory means you're being swindled. You get on the same side as the potential mark so that you're both in on the joke rather than just one of you being the butt of it. One is, is looking at why people are vulnerable to conspiracies and, and the ways that conspiracy theorists, yeah, as you say, ensnare them. Uh, and and I think that um, the, the other way is to explain to people how um, how they can be misled, uh, um, because like nobody likes like being tricked. And there is a place for ridicule, but the ridicule has to be based in logic. I've seen research; it's kind of funny. It's so nerdy, but. Um, that have calculated the odds of conspiracy theories remaining secret. They actually calculated the odds of the moon landing based on how many people were employed at NASA or climate change based on how many climate scientists keeping it all secret. And the odds are astronomically tiny. Even more powerful tools are the changes that can be made at the level of distribution. Twitter and Facebook pulling the plug on false stories, flagging them, banning them, or offering counter evidence prior to someone clicking through. All the excuses that the social media platforms were giving us before the pandemics, oh, it's too hard to do it, turned out to be completely not the case. When, when they had a will, they found the technical way to, to um, respond in a timely fashion to COVID misinformation. Uh, and so the technical ability is there. The, um, it's just whether they have the willingness to also address misinformation in other areas like climate change. Now, you may be feeling pretty good. John, bless his heart, offered us guidance out of the disinformation maze. Talking to him, I was feeling pretty good too. Until I asked John about applying these tools to QAnon. Sucks to be you. (laughs) The problem with using these techniques on the QAnon story was obvious to John. And it goes back to how we instinctively respond to particularly sensational stories. If I'm going to be the scientist and and give you a, here is the textbook response to, you know, inoculating the public against the QAnon conspiracy theory, explaining the rhetorical techniques of of misinformation is pretty dry compared to blood-sucking Satan worshippers, you know? Like, it's it's hard for a scientist to compete with that kind of narrative. And there's another problem. You see, in the realm of climate change and even COVID denial, 
Both sides can agree that the debate should be about science and should be about what policies will serve human life the best. Both sides are working inside the same basic structure. Whoever has the best facts wins. This is important, not because the facts themselves will convince someone, but because any time you dislodge a piece of disinformation from someone's brain, you have to give them a piece of real information. Uh, and, and hopefully that, that replacement fact or explaining the truth in a way that dislodges the misinformation is, is compelling enough to, um, to grab people's attention and successfully dislodge the myth. With QAnon, also, you're not just trying to pry out discrete pieces of disinformation or even seductively titillating narratives. You're trying to get the person to see they are trapped in a whole web of wrongness. And that web is comforting. That web connects and explains all the terrible things that are happening in the world. Dissolving that web means there's no explanation for the global unease we're all experiencing, the anxiety of not knowing what comes next. You'll be taking away their security blanket and leaving them with nothing at all. Let's pause to think on that for a bit. Monkpack is a new sponsor of With Friends Like These. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation, and let's be honest, they don't always taste very good, they don't fill you up, and they don't satisfy your cravings. But this episode is sponsored by Monkpack, who has cracked the code when it comes to making snacks that taste amazing but have close to no sugar. The Monkpack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone following the keto lifestyle and the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. I'm in the latter camp. I call myself kind of keto light, if you will. Uh, We got a huge pack of these um, uh, the other day, and I have been having at least one a day ever since then. They are genuinely good. They're not too sweet, but they have like a, a sweetness to them. They taste like, you know, really good granola bars, basically. Uh, They have a perfect balance of sweet and salt. They have a crunch from the whole nuts and seeds, but still are soft and chewy. They come in flavors like pecan almond, sea salt dark chocolate, and my favorite, peanut butter dark chocolate. They're a perfect quick snack to satisfy your sweet tooth without the guilt. Enjoy Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars while working, running errands, or after a workout. And in addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO. No soy, no trans fat, no sugar alcohols, or artificial colors. They taste incredible. You cannot beat the nutrition or satisfaction they provide. Try them yourself and see. We have a special deal. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack item by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code FRIENDS at checkout. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product. Then enter code FRIENDS at the checkout to save 20% off your first purchase. Monk Pack, good food you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. With Friends Like These is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. As an employer, you've got a ton on your plate, running your business, ensuring workplace safety, and so much more. So leave your hiring to the one place that makes finding qualified candidates fast and easy. ZipRecruiter.com 
slash friends. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, try ZipRecruiter for free. My listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash friends. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash friends, F-R-I-E-N-D-S, ZipRecruiter.com slash friends. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I really thought sometimes that they were deluded when they would talk about like their kind of strategies to like use 8chan to seek power. Because, you know, I just never thought it could come true. Like, Q totally came out of left field and surprised me. Q, of course, is QAnon. The whole reason Frederick and I were talking in the first place. The most successful, damaging political hoax of this century. Frederick believes that Jim Watkins would see the rise of Q on HN and then hijack control of the account for himself. And the story of how that may have happened... It took us back to the scene of something I never thought I'd see. To the room where a bunch of liars and trolls had first invented Q. The room where Q took his baby steps. After the break, the birth of a lie. Those are some snippets from an episode of Reply All, a podcast that's about onlineness in general. It's also one of the few examples I could find that manages to do what John Cook suggests— and admits is really hard to do. The challenge, I guess, for journalists, and I'm glad I don't have to do this, this is uh, more your, <laughs> your job, is to find that, that truth, find the story behind um, the conspiracy theory and how it originated and tell that in a compelling way. Reply All broke news in that episode insofar as they pieced together a plausible theory for who Q is, and I won't tell you because you really should listen to the podcast. But, and I mean no shade on Reply All, the elements of the story have been around for over a year. Frederick Brennan, the founder of 8chan and the main voice of trying to bring the Q hoax to light— has been campaigning to take down the site that spawned Q and denouncing its role in white supremacist violence since March of 2019, a few months before the FBI officially designated anti-government conspiracy theories as a domestic terrorism threat. Why didn't more people tell that story? Why didn't more journalists make Brennan famous rather than incredulously interview Q fans at Trump rallies? I should say... Some people did that, mainly tech outlets. But why didn't it break wider? Why didn't that story get a chance to become a sticky fact? I don't want to be too harsh here because I don't actually think it's people's fault so much as the system we live and work in. Not to be too blunt about it, but sticking a microphone in the face of someone holding a Q sign is a lot less expensive and time-consuming than trying to track down Q. 
And tracking down Q is also not as inherently and immediately fascinating as a story about JFK Jr. coming back to run for vice president, or you can derive an age-reversing drug from the adrenal glands of children. But I don't want to even stop at blaming the current state of our journalism industry. The reason QAnon coverage was so bad is just a more specific iteration of why journalism today is so bad in general, which is just a more specific iteration of why society is so polarized and fearful. Systemic white supremacy and predatory capitalism. Think back to the circumstances that helped create QAnon. Catastrophic events happening in a vacuum of coherent leadership Distrust on a societal level. Crumbling institutions. Trying to stop QAnon from spreading in that environment, we could have done a better job. But that would be literally treating the symptoms and not the disease. Put it another way. The problem with racist, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories isn't that they're conspiracy theories, it's that they're racist and anti-Semitic. Maybe the most effective way of combating harmful disinformation isn't in the hands of individuals or the media. It's social policy. You don't cover disinformation better. You make people less hungry for disinformation. You create a world where people aren't scared that law enforcement will kill them. You create a world where white people don't see people of color as a threat. You create a world where economic anxiety doesn't even exist, so it can't be an excuse for bigotry. You give people a safety net so that they don't get trapped in a spider web. And that is it for the show. I will remind you, get ready to vote by studying a sample ballot, and then Go vote, and if you can, make calls, or if you rather, text. You can find out more information about voting and phone and text banking at votesaveamerica.com. With Friends Like These comes to you from Crooked Media. It is produced by Allison Herrera with assistance from Lily Alexandrov. Izzy Margulies does research and booking. Liam McMahon is the smart person behind my voting-related Twitter threads, and he manages the social. This episode was engineered by Karen Qualley. Whitney Pastrek fights off threats from patriarchy. And one last thing. It's tough out there right now. I have found my emotions running very close to the surface, even more than usual. So I say this for myself just as much as you. We are currently experiencing conditions of ongoing trauma that no human should have to endure. That includes those we disagree with, as well as our allies. We are all attempting to manage fear 24-7. And sometimes the best kind of managing someone can do is denial. If you are able to negotiate these fears without denying facts, you are working extra hard. Give yourself credit. Give yourself grace. And most important of all, take care of yourself. <laughs>